welcome to Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals to talk about the news and the issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce the crew to you guys. If you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, uh, we have attorney and former federal prosecutor, Ward Mythaller. And we also have, I believe, all retired this evening. We have a special guest, James Cavill. Uh, we'll be talking more about him and MyMedicare.Live. Uh, we've got Captain Brett Bartlett, Lieutenant Randy Sutton. We've got Chief John Newman, Corporal David D. Gresta, and producer Will Stasser. So thanks, guys, uh, for being on the show and making this happen. Also, a shout-out to our sponsors, Gauls, Guardian Lines Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, TAC-Tote.com, and we are fueled by Bang Energy. Let's see. We've got another video. Oh, wow. Sniper. Yes. So uh, we got an LAPD sniper taking out a suicidal man. So, yeah, we have another suicidal man who barricades himself inside of his apartment. Do you have any weapons in there? No. Last trick question, you got any guns in there or not? Guns! Guns! You don't know? You know what the hell you have in your apartment? Do you have guns in your apartment? Yes or no? I don't have a gun in my apartment. You have knives in there, right? Yeah. Couple knives. Hey! Strip Sir! Sir! Yeah. So, yeah, we're in L.A. They released the footage of an officer-involved shooting. The suicidal man barricaded in his apartment. This happened on May the 3rd, 2022, around 8.20 in the morning. Hey, Chip, we yes. got a uh, commercial break. Ah, I hate it when that happens. All right, commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, so look, if you spend any time inside an armored vehicle, you know how cluttered that world can be, and the same is true of cruisers. Well, there's a new product line made by Tactote that takes advantage of all that steel. Tactote's products allow you to store a variety of gear at an arm's reach using magnetic technology. Extra magazines, med kits, less lethal breaching tools, they can all have a portable magnetic stage solution, just to name a few. So guys, if you're looking to get your patrol cars or your armored vehicles organized and to be able to deploy faster, check out tac-tote.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. So yes, we're in LA. So the LA Police Department, we've got a sniper um, so we've got the uh, Central Patrol officers that respond to a backup request for the Los Angeles Fire Department 
at an apartment. You know, it's always the firefighters and women, Brett, that get us in trouble as cops. So when the officers attempted to speak to the 54-year-old suspect, he points a handgun at the officers. The officers immediately set up a perimeter, requested additional resources. The suspect refuses to exit the apartment, and SWAT responds along with a crisis negotiation team. So the uh, crisis team, they attempted to establish communication with the suspect. They're unable to get a dialogue going. So at one point, SWAT deploys chemical agents, and uh, the guy goes to an open window, and he ends up firing around from a handgun. But unbeknownst to him, across the way in another open apartment uh, with a, I actually look like the window was closed, but we've got a we've got a sniper with a high powered rifle. And uh, man, I tell you, this guy takes one shot at this dude and uh, and just puts him down. And uh, L.A. Uh, uh, Fire Department personnel acknowledged that the guy, you know, uh, was deceased. They locate a handgun uh, that was, you know, recovered by investigators. And but they've got video of them just, uh, you know, trying to get this guy's hand that's lodged underneath his his uh, his uh, his body after he was taken out by the sniper. And uh, I'd say a pretty effective shot from the sniper. What do you think, Captain? I think it's uh, he, that guy that fired the shot. He was cool and calm and collected after he fired the shot. So good for him. Now, something you, you don't see very often is that tripod. Uh, you typically see those with hunters. I think Dave, I don't know if Dave ever used one, but they're, they're becoming more popular. So if you've got time to set up, why not? Yeah, I know. Why not put the gun on a tripod? It's much more stable than just, you know, uh, on, on a, on, on a bag or on a bipod. That was very good. Uh, very good shoot. He had some kind of weird muzzle, uh, device at the end of that too. I couldn't figure out what it was. Hmm. All right, David, is that, you know, was that, that long gun similar to the one that you had in the trunk of your uh, I don't know what you're talking about. that you had to extract at a certain point in time in your I career? I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> okay. The uh, you know the the thing that that just made me smile. The uh, you know you're looking at a a, a a SWAT scenario or TRT whatever the whatever the tactical t team is called there um, scenario, <clears throat> and the uh, the guys are at the door, you know, down the hallway from the door with the with the shield with the cutouts so they can shoot around it and do all like it's you know great stuff and that the negotiator <coughs> excuse me the negotiator was hysterical the tone of his voice was like ron what's his name this is oh loron loron listen man this is this you got to come down to this the, the, the police are going to do stuff to you it's it's really going to hurt bad it might even be worse than hurting bad you just got to come out and he just went on and on with this monotone voice i was it's just it's, i was it was driving me crazy I was going, i'll come out for crying out loud it was hysterical that 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 part of that just the uh and the guy in the background screaming at the top of his lungs you're going okay they know this isn't gonna work and then they deploy the chemical agents in there and they're all masked up it's it was it was an interesting video to watch on that side of it I, i'll leave the the shooting part to brett that was of course equally good but just the negotiator was hysterical to me. All right. Well, I, I'm just wondering if, 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 uh, if James Cabell is having, you know, he was SWAT for a while. I'm just wondering if he's having any flashbacks or anything from watching that video. But, uh, uh, I know you're up next captain. Um, yeah, I love the voice. It was like, okay, this is my fifth call out of the day. This is a bunch of crap. Uh, I didn't get my lunch. Look, pal, if you're going to jump off the roof, man, let's just get it. Let's just get it on. Let's and and I'm, I'm not, I don't have any doubt. That's why the guy crawled out the window says, I'm hunting for that guy right there. 
Whatever, <laughs> wherever that voice is, I'm coming for you. Wow. All right. All right. All, all good, guys. All right. We're moving along here. Let's see our next one. We've got uh, an update. Uh, PoliceTribune.com. Judge rules Home Depot is allowed to ban Black Lives Matter messaging by employees at work. You know, this, you know, the cloud for, for Home Depot, I think, Randy, just went up with this one. So we're in Washington, D.C., the U.S. National Labor Relations Board. Uh, the judge for them ruled that a complaint accusing Home Depot of violating employees' rights by not letting them wear Black Lives Matter messages at work should be dismissed. The complaint was originally filed uh, by their general counsel, which alleged last year that Home Depot violated federal labor law by not allowing its workers to display Black Lives Matter wording and imaging while on the clock. This is reported by Bloomberg. So the complaint further accused the company of, quote, selectively and disparately enforcing its dress code in an effort to specifically target Black Lives Matter messages, according to Fox News. So the National Labor Relations Act protects employees' rights to raise these issues with the goal of improving their work working conditions. And this is according to Jennifer, um, had, I guess, Hadsall. She's the regional director for them. And she uh, also said that it is this important right that we seek to protect in this case. But the NLRB administrative law judge, who is Paul bogus, that's B-O-G-A-S, disagreed with the board's general counsel. And in a ruling on June 10th, uh, that's when he made his uh, his thing, according to Bloomberg. So bogus, the judge, stated that the Black Lives Matter message, quote, originated and is primarily used to address the unjustified killings of black individuals by law enforcement and vigilantes. Uh, to the extent the message is being used for reasons beyond that, it operates as a political umbrella for societal concerns and relates to the workplace only in the sense that workplaces are part of society. So he pretty much, uh, you know, shot it down. So uh, Bogus, the judge, concluded that Black Lives Matter messaging does not have an objective and sufficiently direct relationship to terms and conditions of employment. And the judge's ruling can be appealed by the Democrat-led labor board and potentially forwarded to a federal court, according to the news outlet. So, wow. Um, interesting stuff, guys. We got uh, 30 seconds, Ward. Go ahead. I used to practice labor law and the NLRB made me crazy because you could find a decision to support any position you wanted because it's, it's a political thing. And um, I don't know what they'll do with this, if it's appealed to them, but good for the administrative judge for ruling the way he did. Yeah, and good and good for Home Depot. Um, five seconds, Brett. The, well, I don't care if it's a Trump hat or a Black Lives Matter hat. The boss says you can't wear it, you can't wear it. All right. Good job, guys. Commercial break. We'll be right back. So let's talk about how to do our live show on the Watch It. So every Monday evening at 7 o'clock Eastern time, we do our live show at 7 o'clock, and it's 90 minutes, so 7 to 8.30 Eastern time. Now, we're now streaming it on StreamYard, which allows us to do, number one, a true high-definition show, and we stream it to YouTube, a couple Facebook pages, LinkedIn, and also on Twitter, so to those five entities. So we stream it to all those. And producer Will, after we get done with the 90-minute live show, he uh, separates that 90-minute show in the five segments. He embeds videos that we talk about, puts pictures of the good guys and the bad guys, and he uploads those to YouTube Tuesday through Saturday, and I put them on Rumble myself. So it makes for a, uh, an interesting way to watch the show because the videos are embedded in there. And we're also on freepressoftampafp.com with Brian Burns. So if you haven't checked out the segment it shows, please do it. Interesting way to watch. Well, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. Is there anybody else on the last one? And if not, We'll jump to our next topic then. Let's see. We've got, um, we're on police one and we are analyzing the stop and frisk. 
So there's three areas, according to this article uh, written by Terrence Dwyer, there's three areas where police practice falters. And I'm not going to get into the nit and gritty. I mean, Ward, you can if you want to, but he says that what has been problematic about stop and frisk practices among U.S. police departments is that in some instances it's been implemented in an unconstitutional manner. So he said that a review of stop and frisk case law over the past two years it exposes three common areas where police practice falters, resulting in the suppression of evidence derived from the initial stop. The first first one is lack of reasonable suspicion for the stop. And he quotes um, some court cases to support that point. So lack of reasonable suspicion for the stop. Uh, the second one is the lack of foundation for the frisk. And then third and last, failure to properly articulate the reason for the stop or the frisk, you know, in the first place. So I'm kind of curious, Ward, what you think about the uh, about the article. Um, he does give some research on New York and the challenges that they've made to stop and frisk. And also uh, a lot of people are, are I guess, uh, misinformed, thinking that there's some issue with stop and frisk and that it's illegal that the Supreme Court's ruled against it, which they have not. So, Ward, the floor is yours. Several things. First of all, people thought after the New York uh, federal case that stop and frisk was no longer the law. That's not true. It's simply not true. The, the ruling there was as practice as opposed to the rule itself. Second of all, uh, with respect to the third thing, the ability to articulate the problem, both Brett and David have constantly talked about this, and they're absolutely right. You have to be able to tell why you did something. The old, and it's a good article. This, this guy always has good articles. The only thing I have a problem with, if you have a reasonable suspicion to stop someone because you think he has an illegal firearm, it seems to me that is also sufficient to, to, to frisk him as well. And the, the article seemed to suggest otherwise. I don't think I agree with that. Now, what do you think about they did make reference to a cop that had information from a CI about a about a guy doing a concealed carry and uh, they had an issue with him, um, you know, stopping the guy did have a firearm on him, but they had an issue with him using um, the intelligence from the CI in order to stop the bad guy who had a gun. Any feelings on that? Yes. When it comes down to CIs, it, it always depends on how reliable the person is. And it's not probable cause here, it's reasonable suspicion. So if the guy's halfway right. reliable, you have reasonable suspicion to stop him. But I think the very same thing that gives you reasonable suspicion to stop him gives you reasonable suspicion to, to frisk him. So I disagree with the decision to that extent. All right, interesting. All right, uh, Chief John and, and Captain Brett. I, I thought the conversation about the you know use of the CI kind of muddied the water of the article or, or referenced it a little bit because, you know, Ward's correct. If you have a if you have a great CI and, and the information is spot on, they're reliable. You have a, a record of their reliability it, 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 all day, every day. Unless you don't want to burn the CI for a, a you know a, a low level possession case that you're going to have to give them up in discovery or at least in, you know in you know in, to the judge. But um, I, I thought the article was good. I, I I am curious though. They didn't mention anything that I saw about encounters and you know did the did a straight up encounter skew what they might thought might be um you know a, a reasonable stop but he didn't reference it but like ward said i like this guy's articles i think he put some really good stuff out there and i'm glad that ward mentioned something about with nypd they might have stopped their policy or their practice but they didn't stop the law all right thanks chief captain bartlett we've got a mvs a message uh red flashing light or a taser to get chips attention, cast your vote. Oh my gosh. Wow. I know, David. All taser. Right. 
<laughs> Thanks, MBS, for the support. Captain, the floor is yours. Six minutes. All right. CYA does not mean cover your ASS. It means can you articulate? Can you put into words a reason you stop this person? Now, what I got out of that out of the article, sometimes we kind of screw ourselves, right? Even in Florida, 901.151, the name of the statute is stop and frisk. What it should be is stop, comma, or stop and frisk, because the statute very clearly says you can do a stop or you can do a frisk if you, you know, if you can articulate articulate but the name of stop and frisk you know if you don't read anything else that means wow I, I can do both and i've seen it a lot of times over my career hands are going on on this person without any basis for the frisk stop is okay but for some reason cops think that i can just jump right into the frisk you can't do it well officer safety hey i get officer safety but if you don't do it within the law you're going to get hammered all right can't argue with that corporal Dan. yep a point from the article that uh, that that John brought brought up, I, I wasn't sure about it. I, I looked back through it, and the <clears throat> one the the one case had to do with information supplied by an anonymous informant. Um, so I'm not sure, and, and Ward may be able to address it. The difference between what John and myself and other guys used to use, you know, CIs, actual people that we knew had registered that we I don't want to use the word trust but at least had some credibility with what they told us acting on that type of information versus an anonymous informant. Uh, they stopped and frisked this person, even though they found a gun from what I think they were, yeah, they, even though they did find a gun in, in the person's possession, it was an anonymous, uh, thing. Sorry, I'm boring you, John. All right. Award. Dave, David makes a, a great point. I totally missed that it was anonymous. Uh, if it's anonymous, then you have to look at it uh, with respect to all the other circumstances to determine its credibility. I was going to add as a sidebar that just yesterday, as a coincidence, I drove by a cop who drove up and, meet, and stopped, immediately got out and grabbed somebody and frisked them. Uh, no questions asked, just turn, frisked them, turned them around, frisked them again, which I, which I thought was pretty amusing compared to what our procedures are here. Now, do you get a video yeah, but sometimes anonymous tips are more reliable than that of a confidential informant because they're giving you that, that, that information in a moment. So if you're looking for somebody and someone says, hey, it's a guy with a red cap and a T-shirt, and all of a sudden that guy in the red cap and T-shirt goes by. But um, it's two completely different standards. But I think Brett makes the best point. We do shoot ourselves in the foot. This requires good documentation, not a hunch. This, you know, you have to be able to articulate, you know, especially in, and, and 901151 in the state of Florida really spells it out for you. It's in the beginning of the statute book. You can go find it in the middle where the 900s are, but it's in the very, very beginning in the, in the, in the section that you constantly have for quick referrals. But it really tells you what you need. And more importantly, you sh your recording or your memorialization needs to live up to that standard. Otherwise, you know something, Brett? Some of us have been there. We're on bad case law. We're a part of a case that somebody rushed through. Next thing you know, your name is attached to bad case law, and it's a bit annoying. All right, all good points, guys. And for people watching the show who aren't that familiar with confidential informants, um, just for the sake of argument, if you do have an informant and they need to get redlined, you know, because they're untrustworthy, you, you cannot keep using them as a CI. You'll, you just, you just, 
you just can't do that ethically. So, um, so that's, so if there's a question with credibility, that point's taken care of. Um, if there's nobody else, uh, Brett, I just saw you yeah. go ahead. And you, and you just mentioned you can't use me anymore. I think that we used to use the term uh, red, red line, right? When you redlined a CI, which yeah. basically meant you took their three by five card, which was, you know, before computers, and you took a, a red marker and just put a red line. That was called redlining the snitch. No more using that snitch. Yeah. Or not, yeah. or not. Or yeah, or officially, yeah. Thank, thank you to the panel for being here, uh, Randy, um, with the uh, the Wounded Blue. Uh, hopefully, you guys will support the WoundedBlue.org. And uh, look, uh, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. Thank you, uh, guys, for being on the show. Also, Gauls Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live with Jim Cavill on the show, Tac-Tote.com. Bang Energy is fueling us. We're going to get some more drinks shortly. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week. FLG Man, MPS, thanks for supporting the show. 